I'm still thinking about Darmok and Jalad go to White Castle <laughs> because that would be the perfect episode title if we'd said it during the episode. Topic Lords. I'm Avery. I'm Stevie. And I'm Jim. And this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Avery, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Yeah. I. How come we have to say our names twice? Like, didn't isn't I'm Avery an introduction? Oh, you don't have to say your names the second time. I mean, so, I mean, the, so the, the the premise of you would think we should know how this works by now. This is episode what two hundred and eighteen. I'm finally going to explain to people why people say their names at the beginning of the show. I always wondered. Yeah, because it's it's so that people can like hear your voice and associate it with your name and they can't like look at you they all they can do is hear your voice and know that this is what your name is you get the three like contrasting uh, like here are the names of the people who are on the show does it work and then it goes i've never i've never asked anybody <laughs> if they understand what's going on it's a very nice idea i so think it's go probably it. good that you don't ask yeah. people if they understand what's going on you might know yeah I, I once taught a unit in a philosophy course on Gödel's incompleteness theorems, and uh, later on in that same, like another, like a semester later, I was in the gym, and a guy introduced himself to me and said, "Hey, do you remember me? I was in that logic class you taught." And I was like, "I do not remember you." And then he said, "Did you understand anything you were saying? Because I didn't understand any of it." <laughs> I was like, "That would have been good to know. Thanks." I think that that's anecdote tells you everything you need to know about Avery. He just introduced himself via anecdote. Yeah, I'm Avery. Okay. This is that's my anecdote. Academia working out. Music. Good storyteller. Find me. Yeah. Avery Burke. I'm Stevie, and I. Uh, I don't know about myself other than I have a dog now. At some point in my life, did a bunch of music stuff and then got seduced by software, and that's what I do most of the time now. Spy software? Spy software? <laughs> Is that what you said? I guess. That's seduced. what you said. Spy software. I, I'm not doing, I'm not making, if I were making spy software, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, you wouldn't, you'd, you'd have to kill me now and every listener. Yeah. Nope. That's all I got. Unless your listeners are using a VPN, this is where the your VPN sponsor ad can go. I don't know. That's about all I got to say about myself. I don't like. Well, I'm going to have to re-listen to this show to find out what you said instead of <laughs> it wasn't spy software. <laughs> I can give you a much more abbreviated version if you like and then just cut everything else out. No, this is good. This is, uh, this is good content. Oh, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> are we ready to start on some topics? I don't know if I trust your... Uh, your uh, Ability to judge content since you've apparently never asked anyone if the show even makes sense to them. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, this is something that like, all right, I'm going to get into me now. I was going to say, are you, are you exempt? Are you exempt from self-introduction as the host or do you have to do that too? Oh, people, people <laughs> I, would have, I would have to come up with so many ways to introduce myself, uh, but I'm, I guess I'm doing that now. Yeah. Like when, when I was um, doing the, planning the Kickstarter for Frog Fractions 2, I was writing the script uh, for the for the Kickstarter pitch video, and I was like, I have no idea if this is going to work. Um, especially after like the first draft, I sent it around and nobody liked it. But the second draft did really well. Like people, people were like, Yeah, this is funny. This is good, uh, and this sells your product. And it, what I took from that was that I can just trust my taste. Like I, it, it hadn't like millions of people playing Frog Fractions hadn't clicked that in my head 
but writing this 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 draft for the pitch video did that like suddenly something clicked in my head and was like okay i can make something that i think is good and trust that lots of other people will also think it's good and care about it it's interesting to hear that Frog Fractions was not the signal for you because Frog Fractions is like... It's oh, it's by far the most popular thing I've ever done. So like the idea that anything since then would be the thing that changes my mind is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it was just it took some time for the idea to settle in. I showed my 27-year-old sister Frog Fractions over Thanksgiving dinner. Um, oh, yeah. I showed her a playthrough of it because I was trying to explain it. And I was like, you know what? Let's just watch a playthrough of it. Yeah. That's the kind of exactly the game that you don't want to explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's not a gamer, so she wouldn't she wouldn't play it. But I was like, it's. But she has a sense of humor. She does, and she thought it was funny. Oh, excellent! Yeah, hell yeah! Now you can now you can show her the hat DLC next. The that's, what? That's how that's how you get them get them hooked on fractions, and then they buy buy the hats. <laughs> they buy the hat. <laughs> you get them yeah. hooked on fractions. The first the first one is free, and then pretty soon they're knocking an old lady over for money oh man if only i had an infinite number of these that i could sell to people who are addicted <laughs> i just have the one you'd solve all your problems by creating more for other people you have one hat i'm still not sure what you guys are saying what oh oh, oh so uh spoilers for those of you the listeners who don't know about the new the latest frog fractions game i made a frog fraction sequel and it, i shipped it inside of frog fractions by selling it as hat dlc <laughs> so you you buy a hat that you can put on your frog and it's actually just an entirely new story <laughs> yo yo frog i heard you like frogs so we put a frog in your frog wow yeah this was in like 2020 so it's been a few years now so when i say the new frog fractions game unfortunately it still is the new frog fractions are game. you are you the reason why frogs are so damn popular now Endangered. in games it's probably not unrelated. I feel like the Frog Detective series is is just as culpable. Frog Detective. You should you should look up Frog Detective. You might you might be into that. Is that the one with the look, magnifying man, glass? I have a weird thing for frogs. Yes, okay. It is. <laughs> trench coat. Yeah, it looks looks pretty neat. Are we ready to start on some topics? Yeah, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. Yeah. I feel like my intro to myself was a total shambles. So ready to move on. <laughs> Let's forget that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stevie, your topic is a tour of silly medieval musical instruments. All right. Unlike how unprepared I was to introduce myself, I actually took some notes before here. Are we, are we going to talk about the crumb horn? Hey, man, that's, that's the, the second one on my list. But I nice. Got, I got a list of like 17. I got to cut it down do you, here. Do you have them? Can you play them for us? I have them. Not, not, they're not in my house, but... Uh, the reason why I have them in storage. The reason why I, I'm even interested in this at all is because uh, my my mom is a medieval and Renaissance musician. Oh damn! And uh, she's a music teacher as well. And she had a lot of the things on this list uh, and played them Can as I, I was growing up. Can I mention something that she had? Is it too early to do that? It's never too early to mention something she had. Stevie and I. We're founding members of a band, and we're in a band together for a long time. And uh, Stevie's mom would occasionally just bring crazy instruments for us to look at. And she had a bass recorder. So you think of a recorder as not a real instrument. But because of Stevie's mom, I know, 
you, Jim, you think that they're not a real instrument. I don't know why I'm being so hostile to you this show. It's, it's fake. It's because most Americans think of them as like a crappy toy for babies. Yes. And, but in other countries, they're actually still used as versatile instruments. Yeah, yeah. And like if it weren't for your mom, I would have just been like, yeah, it's like a plastic thing that I had to was forced to learn in grade school for some reason. But a, a bass one, it, it was the, it's taller than I am. And yeah. for listeners at home, I'm a tall very handsome man he's a he's a big man (laughs) yeah and and uh, this recorder is thick yeah it is chunk it is thick with two c's and it's like she had a square one too so it's like a like a square prism shape yeah so it's like a a rectangular tube it's like a beautiful piece of furniture if i remember correctly it's like polished wood and stuff and then your buttons on it that you push and like little compartments open up and they make flappy clacking does it double as a couch (laughs) <laughs> like like the, what, the it, fucking mainframe that I can't remember the name of. It's too what? fragile to be a couch. But what? The the supercomputer that's also a couch. <laughs> that sounds very like mid-century. It's like a cray. mainframe couch. The, the cr- Cray one. The it's Cray? Couch. <laughs> yeah. Is it a Cray's Lounge? Oh my God, you guys are so young. I mean, I remember the name Cray, but I never, I don't associate Cray with couch. We haven't even gotten to the first one on my list, but uh, Re- Recorders is a good one, though, because uh, what, did, what, did, what did she say about Recorders? I, I called her today uh, to, to get some a couple of ideas from her, and then we ended up talking on the phone for like 45 minutes because she couldn't stop listing instruments. <laughs> nice. This, show, this, this section of the show will not be 45 minutes, just so you know. I, I hope not. No, am I wrong? Like the, uh, there, there was a bass recorder used to, in the Mandalorian theme. She said that uh, recorders were are considered by many to be like the foundational instrument of 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 Western music. They're very old, considered and, by many recorder players. And check this out: you, if you can picture a recorder in your in your mind, alto or soprano recorder, which is what we think of little kids having. You're thinking too narrow-mindedly because there's also two-sided recorders. You can look up pictures what? of people <laughs> playing recorders that are, you know those recorders that are like double, double recorders? <laughs> this is like the, the scene in Lady and the Tramp where they're both eating the same strand of spaghetti. Or, ooh, or like that oh. scene in Alien Covenant where Michael Fassbender is playing two different characters and he teaches himself how to play the flute and it's <laughs> incredibly homoerotic without meaning to be. Oh, God. It's it's not that fun, but I'm sending you some pictures, Jim. Uh, oh, that you, is fun. To give that, you an idea. It's look like someone eating a pair of garden shears. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was thinking kind of <laughs> suckling on two hot dogs at the same time, which oh, is a sure, little, sure. little bit less yeah. dangerous, but it, it looks a lot more like what you just but said. equally as erotic. Yeah. Um, so I need to get to some of these other instruments because you mentioned crumb horn. That is yeah, my yeah. number one favorite. Crumb horn is a double reed instrument. And if you can imagine an uh, umbrella handle that was given growth hormone, so it has like a really <laughs> long J to it. And it kind of sounds somewhere between like a hummingbird buzz and a giraffe farting. It's very entertaining. Yeah, it's a very weird sound. Am I correctly picturing that it's the one that goes? No, that it's uh, it's more like me 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 me. (laughs) 
but it kind of sounds like a stylophone. It sounds kind of <laughs> like a stylophone. Like most, well, the reason I like old European instruments is because they're so buzzy. Uh-huh. And we even got a viola da gamba in one of our recordings. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. Speaking of buzzy instruments, kind of like a like a proto cello. It was mixed so far down that you could barely hear it with everything else. But I'm glad we. I'm glad we made that person come to the studio and play that. I was I was given a reason for why it's a curved instrument is so that you could play it on horseback without getting the end of the toot toot stuck in the horse mane or like blow spit on them. So you wouldn't bonk at the horse while playing this double reed instrument on the horse. Another one with one of my favorite names, which is the sack butt. Yeah, that's a good name. Which I too like it's, that. It's spelled almost like you'd think. And it's kind of like a like a small but somehow less space efficient trombone. <laughs> um, so it curves it uh, it coils up in weird ways. According to this, in, in French, sac butt is pull push. That is, okay, Gross. I didn't, didn't think of that. Yeah, very two sexy things Sa- in English: sac butt. Very sexy. <laughs> Both sexy uh, words. Uh, yeah. And pull push. When used together, push. sexy. And sexy. This comes in all varieties, alto, tenor, bass, contrabass. I, I think the pictures that I saw only went up to bass because my mom was saying that the contrabass is so long that there's actually a little handle you have to use in order to be able to slide it out all the way. I realize I have no mental picture for the sec, but... It's like having like a selfie stick, but for a, for a trombone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It looks like a trombone if you were to draw it, try to draw it from memory and get it slightly wrong, but it's pretty much a trombone. Uh, one of my, I will just jump to my absolute favorite one, my personal favorite. This is not the last one that I have to mention, but my personal favorite of all time is the racket, sometimes known as the renket. Yeah. Uh, also known as the sausage bassoon. It's a double reed instrument. Again, another bu- buzzy instrument. It packs nine feet of tubing into something that's effectively the size and shape of a soup can. <laughs> and it's got a whole bunch of holes on it. It's got what they're called peens, also sexy sounding. Peens. But they're uh, these little brass tubes that go from the holes to the uh, the many? inner tubes. And there's uh, there's enough holes that it's not just your finger the the tips of your the pads of your fingertips that plug the holes, but the joints the pads on the joints of your fingers that that uh, plug the holes as well. <laughs> I don't know if this is apocryphal, but the anecdote is that people would play instruments after dinner and people didn't really have good dental hygiene. And so they were constantly just spewing food chunks into these things. And then somebody placed it on a mantle and heated up over the fireplace and it exploded like a food grenade. Very good. That's very good. There's, so there, I just discovered there's a band called Unholy Racket. the theorbo which uh my mother lovingly calls the death lute is actually a an arch lute so it's the if you can picture what a lute is like a stereotypical old-timey guitar type instrument but it's this is actually longer than avery this thing is massively did i say longer than avery yeah you said longer than avery it's longer than avery is tall don't read too far into what i actually accidentally said but it's a it's the the neck of the instrument is insanely long and uh it has i wrote down here how long how many strings look it up which i didn't do um, <laughs> but it has a lot of of length and strings and the the uh the bass strings are mostly just drones but you can pluck them for extremely bassy notes
I really like this. You speed reading through this and attempting to get as many, like, describe as many medieval instruments that no one's ever seen. No, yeah, you got to slow way down because I have to find audio samples for all of these. Oh, oh, really? That would be awesome. Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> I okay. Well, there's so many. Okay. It's okay. You can go faster than that. <laughs> okay. Cool. The gem's horn. This is another one I remember my mom playing growing up. The gem's horn is. Uh, it's the horn of some herd animal that was common in Europe at the time, and I think it only grows. It lives in Africa now. But it's basically a recorder made out of a horn. Wow. They're very cool looking, but they basically just sound like a recorder. They're really simple. You know, it doesn't sound simple as bagpipes, which we all know. This is actually a medieval instrument. But, oh, do you, yeah, you know this well, Avery. But do you know there's a variation on bagpipes called the bladder pipe? <laughs> this is by far the most phallic instrument in the list. Um, I'll try to find a picture, but you could spell bladder pipe for yourself. The bladder pipe is the most phallic instrument on the list. At least all the pictures I could find of it. It has an insufflation tube. Does that mean it plugs into your nose? I don't know what insufflation means. (laughs) means, I just thought it sounded good. I think it means snorting. The word in German for bladder pipe is doodle sack. (laughs) (laughs) Einstein doodle sack. I'm just now looking at the picture of the girl playing the double... Uh, oh, yeah. Here you go, Avery. The, the double recorder. <laughs> it's just... God. It's so it's wrong. It's just ridiculous looking. Actually, there's an ancient Greek instrument that's the same kind of thing. That's like two two pipes that are f- like fused together in like a wishbone shape. That's super good. I want to tell you about one more. Called, yeah, go for it. I have many more, but I'll just stop at this one because it's a twofer. The pipe and tabor. It's actually two instruments, but they come as a package. There's the pipe, which is a like the dinkiest three-hold recorder that you play with one hand. So you can hold it with your thumb and your pinky, and then you just have the th- the three holes, one like for each. Like you're smoking a cigar. Like you're like like you're smoking a stog, and I don't know if it's attached, but it comes with the drum. That's the tabor that you can play with the other hand. So it's like so if win. you don't have money to pay a drummer and a piper <laughs> at the same time. You just toot your toot and drum your to your heart's desire. You just make them super tiny so you can play them both at the same time. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's like the trap kit, you know. Someone invented that shit. Exactly. It's true. It probably didn't grow out of the ground. It is very funny to me that those two things just they just go together. Goes together like peas and carrots, like pipe and tabor. It's also versatile, like the Pogues, is a, they're a punk band, but they have like every single one of their songs is like a freaking penny whistle in it. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and it, at least for me, it works. Yeah. For them, it works. Yeah, for them, it works. Not a lot of bands that could pull that off. No, no you have to be real drunk. Putting these two things together, like so that everybody who plays the pipe and tabor, like everybody has to know how to play both of them and both of them at once. It's a lot like expecting the same person to like write the music and the lyrics. Yeah, but if if I see somebody playing a pipe and a tabor, my expectations are instantly lowered, and so I won't be really disappointed if the the pipe doesn't sound that exciting or 
melodic complexity is not that great. Oh, it, it's like how if if the bear isn't very good at riding a unicycle, <laughs> it's still pretty it's good. It's still cute because it's good for a bear. Why don't people feel that way about the about the musician who writes their own songs? Yeah, seriously. Avery's in the room, Jim. <laughs> with me. Okay, wait, real quick. How 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 much of a range do you think that the pipe on this on this pipe and taper set has? It has three holes, you said? Just like a human being. <laughs> so I all the all these like blow into them instruments, you can like you can go up octaves just by blowing harder, right? And you oh, have yeah. you you have uh, unlocked the key to the answer because you can get a full chromatic octave with this with overblowing. Really? Yep. I would have expected more, actually. Well, this is the pipe and tabor we're talking about. I was trying to hype it up, but you saw right through me because you knew about <laughs> overblowing. That's pretty good, Jim, the overblower. Well, it's like uh, what's the the trumpet, the valveless trumpet, the bugle? Is that it? Yeah. Mm. You can get three notes out of that, plus another octave, plus probably more after that. Yeah, but you can only play that one song in it. Yeah. No, there's two of them. There's also taps. Oh, and also taps. Yeah, I forgot right. about the other song. Oh, yeah. man. I have a friend I hadn't seen in many years, and I, I hung out with her, like, I don't know, six months ago, and she works at a hospice. And I do not remember. We were in San Francisco. I do not remember how the uh, how the subject of bugles came up and she was like oh i can't hear bugles anymore because every time a veteran dies at the hospice we have to play taps it's like <laughs> every time you have to and what? she's like yes you have to we have that's a- like when you go into a cold stone and they're required to sing <laughs> when you tip them they have to play tips oh no <laughs> I, I would just never tip them because i would be it would be doing them a disservice exactly yeah this is like how uh i know oh, in fact topic lord mark didn't want to play Beatles rock band with me because he worked at Bevmo. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready for another topic? Hell yeah. Yeah, why not? Uh, Avery, your topic is the House of David, the baseball cult who all looked like old-timey barbers. Yeah, I guess that really says it all. Picture, if you will. So I have just sent you a picture of... Uh, yeah... Oh, that's good. A group of men who look like, well, they look like they could be old-timey barbers or maybe like guys that worked at an ice cream store. They look like they're in a metal band because their hair is so long. Yes, except that their hair is unusually long, but they're clearly part of a band, right? There's got, they're sitting. Yeah, this this is a picture out of time. It it looks like a modern-day band got together and made a picture that looked old-timey. Yeah. This is a baseball team. They also played instruments, but they're not just any baseball team. They are a baseball team that were also a cult called the House of David. And the House of David was a cult uh, devoted to the teachings of a particular, they were like a, a, they were a messianic Christian cult. And they were devoted to a teacher who uh, emphasized clean grooming and exercise and this exercise thing led to them eventually playing baseball with each other and then it, it, it led to them eventually becoming a triple a is that the i don't know baseball very well double a baseball like the like the right under professional baseball and touring the country 
and they were apparently a very good baseball team. So they toured the country with big beards and this like long flowing hair and like dressed with little white shirts and bow ties. How many people are there in this team? It looks like a small team. Yeah, well, this is just part of the House of David, but this is just this is what they looked like. Man, there was Dave Rage. What year was this? This is good question, and I have a Wikipedia page open. I like the idea that these five people in this photo are the only ones who are in the cult, and the rest of the team is just like, <laughs> yeah, we, we just work here. <laughs> they just hired a bunch of baseball ringers. We couldn't make it to Major League, and we had to settle for House of Dave. <laughs> So House of David started in 1895, uh, and they started playing baseball in 1903. You know what would have been great is if they had started their own league, and you had to be in the cult to play the play in that league, just to get and then there more are teams, people into the cult. Yeah, and and there's 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 teams within the league fighting each other, or you know playing against each other, and then it breaks into like religious factions. Uh huh. I like this. Yeah. This alternative timeline is entertaining. This is this has got to be a blazeball plot. <laughs> blazeball. I laughed at the name. No idea what that is. No, me neither. Oh man! Uh, so blazeball. I don't even know if it's happening now. It's baseball, but with an extra L. Uh huh. Aha. Uh-huh. And it's a um, gosh, never having played it. It's a web game where you log in and you bet on fake baseball games. And he, sorry, he just showed me another picture of, of, of the House of Dave, and they're all on micro trains. <laughs> Every player slash member has, has their own um, tiny train. Yeah, they all, all have, lined up. I don't know what this is about. And Each- tiny train tracks as well, <laughs> like one of those Disneyland-sized trains. Yeah, oh, I, I think like quarter-sized like model trains that you ride is a, was a old-timey... Uh, theme park ride kind of a thing and they That's all great. look like guitarists for a metal band so this is just like a picture of them going to disney world basically yeah but like the whatever disney world was in 1903 knott's berry it was knott's berry farm around then wasn't knott's berry farm from like the 1800s was disney even alive no wait disney was alive was disney even disney was a, disney wasn't even a cartoon back then no no not, not even a glint in the years. animator's eye Whatever became of the House of Dave? They apparently are still, there's some version. Shay Dave. They, they opened an amusement park. <laughs> That's what this is. Oh, the House that of David explains it. Operated a world famous zoo and amusement park in Bentington Harbor, Michigan. It also established the Springs of Eden Park, which became a popular Michigan vacation spot in 1930. A revamped version opened in late 2011 making it, as of 2015, one of only a few known American amusement parks to have been successfully reopened. I really thought this was going to say to have been successfully started by a cult, but apparently there are more than a few well-known amusement parks that are... Is it still... It's, is, is, this, uh, is this little religious sect still around itself, running the amusement park? Or? Uh, I think some vestigial part of the sect is, um, but we also cut off... Jim's explanation of Blazeball. Yeah, I just went to Wikipedia to describe it better. Apparently, Blazeball ended in June. I, did, I had no idea. R.I.P. Blaze. Blaze it. Bla- Blazeball is... So, according to Wikipedia, Blazeball was a baseball simulation horror game. <laughs> I'm, I'm more confused. I'm more confused now than... With fictional teams featuring random events such as incineration of players by rogue umpires. I'm, s- I'm sad this... 
no longer exists. It might have ignited my an interest in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Like the premise. On July 2021, Blazeball became unplayable due to a black hole consuming the league. <laughs> I mean, that's the risk you take. That's a pretty good way to end a... Go out with a go out with a bang. Angry at your fans and be like, "Fine, a black hole has eaten the entire <laughs> league. Are you happy?" I, I've never played it, but I have heard stories from it, and it's pretty entertaining. Like to consume that way. Now they are consumed by the black hole. But I want to. Is this, is this amusement park still going? The park closed. Okay, so um, first of all, these little tiny trains were a ride at the amusement park. This is interesting. I thought the most interesting thing about this cult was going to be that they were a professional baseball team, but apparently <laughs> they also opened an amusement park. Additional amusement at the park includes miniature racing cars, restaurant, penny arcade, pony rides, and dances and shows at the amphitheater. And corn dogs. <laughs> Probably. The park closed in the 1970s and the land lay fallow. In 2000, one of the trains was purchased by the National Ohio Railroad Preservation Group, refurbished and in use at the Railway Museum in Findlay, Ohio. Wait, they wanted to preserve those tiny, tiny railways that were for amusement purposes only? Apparently. I mean, it's got a neat story to it. It was started by a baseball cult. <laughs> yeah. And they're so cute. And the, guys, and the guys on it are so cute. Look at how, look at, look at these guys. Look at their little metal hairdos. With the exception that there's like one super old guy and everybody else is like really young and. Oh, is that David? Maybe that's David. No, I think David refers to like King David. I think it's a biblical reference. Are we ready for another topic? Yeah. My topic is arguing with Winston about how needing to pee works. <laughs> I gotta know. <laughs> Teach us, Jim. Teach your children well. <laughs> Doing my best. Doing my best, man. Winston always wants to wait to the last minute to go to the bathroom, like the last possible second. And it's understandable because, like, he's doing. He's got. He's got projects. You know, maybe he's watching a TV show. Maybe he's working on some Legos. He's a busy man. Yeah, you don't want to interrupt that to go pee. That's a waste of time. So you wait. You put it off until the last possible second. And I get that. Uh, but, like, he will, you know, you know how having to pee comes in waves. Uh-huh. Like, you, if, you, if, you, if you don't pee for, for, like, 30 seconds, like, it recedes. It's called peristalsis. It's an involuntary process that pushes the, you know, your, the, everything through your alimentary canal. And... He'll be like, okay, I need to pee. And he'll start walking to the bathroom. But if the bathroom's far enough away, the need to pee recedes. And he's like, oh, I don't need to pee anymore. And then he walks back <laughs> to the Legos. Winston is uh, experiencing hubris because he thinks that he has total control over his bladder, perhaps. Oh, and he knows he doesn't. Mm. But he's, he's, he's in denial. He's refusing to accept this right. fact. Yes, this is, this is what's happening. Any any uh, any negative co consequences negative enough to teach him that he must obey the bladder, or apparently not yet. Th his time will come. It will. There will be a moment where he will he will realize he must obey. You framed this as a argument that you've been having with Winston. So like, yes, yes. So here's my side. Let's adjudicate this. Yeah. Yes, my side is that as soon as you you need to pee. 
you 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 continue to need to pee until you pee. Like it's a it's a switch that flips on when you decide like okay my body is telling me to pee and it only at that point it only turns off after you pee. That's my argument. His argument is that the need to pee comes and goes. Like you need to pee and then as soon as you as soon as it dips below a certain threshold of need, you no longer need to pee. Like the problem has solved itself and it will just come back again at some point, but this is not part of the same Maybe hours later, maybe years. So, maybe years, maybe never. So here's a question that this makes me think of. I know that the that the capital of the United States is Washington, D.C., but... Uh-huh. That's very good. That's very good. You do have a really good memory, actually. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But when I'm not thinking about it, do I still know it? Like, what happens to that? In, in other words, like, knowledge is a relationship between a subject and an object, right? Like, knowledge relates, is a relationship between me and this fact. But if this fact is not in my, in my consciousness at any given moment, do I still know it? Or do I need to have the object of my knowledge present in my mind in order to call that knowledge because otherwise I don't have that relation. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I, so first of all, obviously the solution to the problem is to introduce Winston to Avery. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you solve the problem. He's very good with kids. Thanks. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but Aristotle would say that you know the capital of the United States because you have Knowing the capital of the United Statesness. Uh, yeah, that that might actually be part of the way Aristotle thinks about it. Yes, Avery, I spaced out. Are you is is this uh, is this <laughs> ar- argument that if you are not actively recalling a fact, you aren't you don't currently know it? Well, it's not really an argument. I'm just wondering because it because yeah, yeah cause if you're when you're not actively recalling it, can you say that you know it? Because it, 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 to my mind, like knowing something is having a relationship to it. And have you have you temporarily forgotten it? Maybe permanently forgotten, it and or you know, and when you come back, when you've temporary, like, is there a difference between temporarily forgetting it and just not thinking about it right now? Right? Um, like, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think there's a strong argument to be made. Like, I would make the argument maybe that knowing something is the ability to call it to mind at will. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And I would not say I would, the act of saying is is I think important here. I would not say that I know the capital of the United States until I, unless I was I had it in my mind at that moment and because I had just recalled. That's it. interesting. That's interesting. That also makes me wonder if you could say it say that you know the capital of the United States and have that be false because you because you've because you're a liar. temporarily lost the ability to <laughs> Because, like, okay, so for Winston, if he's not feeling the urge to pee, then he doesn't need, like, to him, needing to pee means feeling like you have to pee. To you, needing to pee is a persistent state even if you don't feel it. Yes, yeah. But are you, but, but are you both right? Is that, is that, are these just difference, differences in definition? Oh, I, I think, I think you could make an argument for both sides, Yeah. Good I'm tri- just af- I'm just afraid of the punishment of not peeing on time. I don't care what I know or what I don't know. <laughs> Something that amazes me is that I wake up not infrequently, like once every few nights I will wake up needing to pee and I will almost always be like if I go back to sleep this will go away even though I am in my 40s. Yeah. And like I know that this is not going to be the case. I know this game. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I still do this too. And it's not that it goes away. It's that you don't notice that you need to pee because you're asleep. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So you still need to pee. And that's predicated on the idea that like you're, you're taking a risk here. Can you fall asleep while you need to pee this much? This is a, uh, my, in my experience, this, this little battle, this little internal battle, this little bladder battle is not about thinking I don't need to pee or convincing myself I don't need to pee, but, but being convinced in a sleepy, half-awake state that the pain of standing up and going to the bathroom is more punishing than the pain of holding a bunch of piss inside myself <laughs> and trying to fall back asleep <laughs> and being wrong about it for several minutes in a row, but still being convinced that that's the right option. I, what happens to me in those states is I usually fall asleep and wake up over and over again and sometimes have dreams that are related to the fact that I need to pee. Like I had a dream that I went to a public restroom and all of the urinals were overflowing <laughs> then the then I got washed mean? out the door of the <laughs> but if both you and your son have equal claims on like here's a problem that crops up in philosophy especially 20th century and 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 like contemporary philosophy all the time i love like, the crossover with of topics of 20th century <laughs> philosophy and urination this stubbornness is, this is how i would teach an intro to philosophy like you've yeah, got to find really something. get someone's attention yeah you gotta find something that people can relate to <laughs> yeah yeah uh-huh and this happens in yeah, in, in in at least in the kind of philosophy that I'm interested in, which is like the super nerdy philosophy that nobody likes, analytic philosophy. And um, in in that in that, you often wonder if you're getting at like here's another thing that Aristotle would say: cutting nature at its joints, right? If you're getting at some truth that is beyond just linguistic fictions, or if you're just arguing about like like if you're just arguing about semantics, like if both you and your both you and Winston have like just different definitions of what it means to need to pee. Like when you guys have what I assume is a very serious debate about the meanings of these terms as they are used. Oh yeah, we've got a moderator. It's televised on C-SPAN. <laughs> That's not surprising to me, <laughs> considering what's usually put on C-SPAN. P-SPAN. I like that. I acknowledge that. Thank you. Yeah. That's all I ask. <laughs> I don't know when I was helping you guys move, and um, yeah, he was in the moving van, and I was in the moving van, and April was like, "You gotta get out of the moving van," and he was like, "Can I just stay in?" And she's like, "Yeah, fine." And then under his breath, he went, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's really good. <laughs> really wanted to hang out in the moving van. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's nice and cozy in there. I guess so. I still have never met Winston myself, have I? I've heard you on phone calls with him before, but and yeah, I don't think so. Unless you like, unless you happen to be at the maid while he was visiting. He came to the warehouse once as a baby. Oh, oh, that's totally plausible. Yeah, I believe that did happen. <laughs> plausible? Were you about to say <laughs> plausible? plausible. Like, I could believe you. <laughs> I don't see why you would lie about something like that. <laughs> I don't remember it happening. It's just that's all I'm saying. That's fair. Yeah, um, I'm recording again now, so I'm ready for topicking. Yeah, yeah. So we, my laptop, kind of had a moment there, but everything seems to be in order. If you're, if you, the listener, are hearing this, then it's because the recording was intact. If you're hearing this message, I'm still alive. <laughs> if you, the listener, are hearing this, it's because something has happened to us. Luckily, Jim has stored 
a secret code in every episode of Topics Lord, Topics Lords. Oh yeah, every everybody who downloads it is going to get a different code, and you all have to work together. <laughs> this is all part of the extended ARG. And Avery's going to run that ARG because uh, yeah. I don't. I'm 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 done with running ARGs in my in my lifetime. Have you run ARGs? I've run one, arguably two. And that was enough, depending on how you count it. That there were actually like two separate ARGs. Everybody thought they were two ARGs. They turned out to be the same one. Everybody, including you, or like that's how you planned it. That's how I planned it. Yeah. Okay. It was uh, it was fun, but it was also just exhausting. Like if it were my full time job, that would be one thing. But like, I was trying to do that while making a video game, and just like, man, I had a friend who was really into running his own ARG back when back when that was kind of the mood. Yeah. And it did sound like quite a bit of work. Yeah. It, it something that involves, you know, beta testing. Right. Which involves physically going somewhere and experiencing something. Yeah. Yeah. I on the plus side though, the Frog Fractions ARG was received much better than the Frog Fractions 2 game itself. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I should just keep doing that instead. Yeah, maybe <laughs> instead of shipping more games. There's no Rock money in ARGs. Five should be an ARG. I could just charge admission. Wait, there isn't no money in ARGs. There's that that weird. There's the the jejun. The dude. I mean, that, uh, did they make money doing that? Yeah, they're like well, they certainly spent a lot it, of man. money, and so like we said earlier in the before the show, you have to spend a lot of money to spend a lot of money to make a lot of money. That's what the crypto bros are are all about. The line goes up. The ARGs go up. The push gets pulled, the pulled gets pushed. The sack gets butt, the butt gets sack. That's the way the sack gets butted. Yep, that's how the sack meets the butt. Is it that's poem? what happened when Sacky met Buddy. Is it poem time? <laughs> uh, no, first we have to do uh, Avery's non-mammalian milk corner. Non-mammalian milk news now. <laughs> Is that the theme song you said you were going to compose? No, that's just my placeholder for it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you said that we have to because we are contractually, contractually obligated. obligated. Yeah. Yes, we signed it in blood. Yeah. <laughs> when did you <laughs> with, with get devil. my blood? I don't remember this, but I'll I'll go along. Yes, we signed it in your blood. Ah, that explains it. Okay, I'm I'm okay with that. Yet another nail in the coffin of the myth of mammalian superiority because another non-mammalian milk has been discovered, and that is the milk of the Taxus magnus, which is a species of jumping spider. And that spider nurses its young with a, with a protein-rich, milky white substance that has four more, count them, four more proteins than cow milk. Mammals? The gauntlet has been thrown down. That's so many more proteins. It's four more. It's not just one or two. Wait, this is not four times as many. It's just four extra, right? It's plus four, not times four. Yes. Yeah, it's just, it, you're right. Yes. That is it's still not... so much more that protein. Is so much more protein. These spiders are jacked. These spiders are fucking. They're yoked. <laughs> These spiders are fucking yoked. These spiders are bros at the gym. This spider fucks. This, this spider 
fuck? This. And then it eats its mates afterwards. Oh, milk bros. Mil- milk bros. Just like in Clockwork Orange. Milk bros. That's true. Just like in a Clockwork Orange. Yeah, milk that's bros. what that movie was going to be called. Tell me more about... What are they called? They're called Taxius Magnus. Let me see this. No, Toxius Magnus. Toxius Magnus. That gives it a very different spin. Taxius sounds like Taxman, and Toxius sounds very toxic. Like the Toxic Avenger? Like Venom from Spiderman. It's Venom from Spiderman Street. (laughs) Yeah, so this was discovered by some Chinese scientists. Uh, They had had a uh, clutch of this jumping spider, which is already known for caring for its young in a way that other spiders don't. So it, it, it protects its young, and its young stay around, and they have about a 40-day period before they can actually start hunting. And uh, they noticed that the mother spider wasn't going out to catch prey. Uh, these are jumping spiders, so they don't build webs. And they noticed that the babies were still growing, and they couldn't figure out how. And then one day, uh, one of them observed one of the babies clinging to its mother's underside and he was like wow it looks like it's nursing and it turns out that indeed the mother spider creates a protein rich milky white substance that the babies consume can i oh my god have you seen the goonies (laughs) yeah there's a line from that movie that really is just flashed in my mind and it's when Chunk is escaping from captivity and it says, I love the dark. I love the dark, but I hate nature. I hate nature. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is really unsettling. It's only unsettling because we're not, because we don't drink spider milk. Yet. Yeah, I mean, apparently it's, it's protein rich. I'm just the picture of a suckling spiderlet. So apparently it comes out of the spider's anus because spiders don't. Oh, have that's a nipples. relief. That's a relief. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you, so, so much better. The webs. The webs come out of there. Too. Well, except they, these ones don't have webs, so they got to use their butt for something. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's true. I would feel left out if I couldn't web. Yeah. Well, and you might have. They might have evolved out of it, so you might have like web shooters. Just vestigial. Yeah. Milk is such a poor replacement for web because web is incredibly functional and like unique and powerful. But the milk can f- nourish your young. What is the web for if not you're, for, uh, you're a parent. finding you have nourishment? You for the young here. <laughs> you have sympathy for the young? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has no sympathy for children. <laughs> I'm interested in technology. <laughs> I need to web. I, I know someone who was involved in a project where they made a dress out of spider silk because spider silk is like oh, yeah. way, 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 way stronger than silkworm silk. And they were, they're they still wearing it to this day. They can never get out. <laughs> yeah, they're trapped. It's also very sticky. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's I, I tried to think of how you could like mass produce spider silk because, you know, we've been breeding, humankind has been breeding silkworms for like 4,000 years. So we know how to do that on a mass scale. And I finally hit on the idea that there's this thing called social spiders and social spiders, uh, are, they're a big group of tiny little white spiders and they make these huge webs communally. So like they'll all contribute to the web and it'll be these, like they live in the rainforest and it'll be these giant canopies of web that'll like capture birds and stuff. And I thought, Oh, okay. We just get a, we get a warehouse. We get like a million social spiders and we just drop shit from the ceiling for the social spiders to eat, and they can make huge webs all day, and then we can harvest the webs. And by we, I mean the three of us. What do you guys think? We, we could. We can. Spider farming. 
Yeah. We could be spider farmers. I would need some kind of VR goggle, VR goggles to like replace the image of the spiders with something I'm not repulsed by. What's the biggest web we can make with a communal spider butthole web that you're describing? And what would what could we do with it? Like a, I want to say trampoline, but it wouldn't actually work very well because you wouldn't bounce off of it. You would get stuck to it, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, you'd probably also just rip through it and then it would be stuck all oh, over you. Oh, it's very thin. Anyway, point being, some at least one species of spider makes milk. Yeah. Mammals have to learn not to be so hubristic this is turning into a different very different kind of podcast because i saw the fire in avery's eyes where he was turning this into like a point yeah about what we're all doing wrong yeah why we're all blinded we're all blinded by the milk blinded no 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 the milk is the light oh that shines a light in the in the but the light the light is what blinds you yeah, yeah. At least in that song, we're blinded by the milk wrapped up in a douche or whatever. Whatever right. <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics to that song are. I think that was it. Yeah, blinded by the milk. There, you, you've got your topic. You've got your name. You got your name for this episode. Blinded by the milk wrapped up in a douche. No, you're drowning in titles at this point. Just like, God. Wait. Okay. So, how much milk can one? Uh, Toxius Magnus, Mag- what is it? Magnum Toxo. I'm still fixated on Darmok and Jalad go to White Castle, trying to figure <laughs> out how to make that the title. Don't figure it out, just do it. Don't even have any of us say it. <laughs> Darmok, Darmok and Jalak uh, place an ad for the for a pair of baby shoes never used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the baby shoes unused. <laughs> I don't know how much milk. I don't. I think we we. This is like like how many spiders discovery. would you have to have in one farm to produce a butthole? Probably quite a lot because these are tiny spiders. They're jumping spiders. When is going to be the first New York boutique restaurant to serve spider milk pancakes? <laughs> I hope soon. <laughs> I know that they're working on making cockroach milk in mass for people because cockroach milk is a complete food. But also, they probably should change the name from cockroach milk to something else. I'm just thinking of other foods that sweet, are like southern sweet foods. Sweet baby cockroach. Yeah, I'm thinking of like other southern food cockroach related. Nope, it's gone. That that was a. I'm sorry, that joke did not work. <laughs> uh, editor, For, forget the last thirty seconds. I come <laughs> to believe that your editor is is capable of anything and can make this all sound. Vesper does make everybody sound like a genius. Esper, we were just talking about... Has Esper been your producer, editor for a while? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because... Thank you so much. Because Avery and I have both re-listened to episodes that we've spoken on and been greatly relieved at how we didn't sound like complete we didn't fucking sound, idiots. We didn't sound like our real selves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's really just this... I've, I've, I used to do the editing, and really all you do is you just cut out all the parts where people say something dumb... But it's active listening. You have to wade through like yeah. hours of spider milk to get get to the <laughs> good stuff. It's like a it's like searching for a diamond in an ocean of spider milk. Avery and I have both collaborated on a lot of audio editing ourselves, but a very different. It's very different when you're editing like the best of twenty takes and slice of a one piece of music and like finding the small slices of time that work. Yeah. From like, wow, there's hours of garbage here and I need to figure out what's the most entertaining part. Like you're you're the one writing the song at that point. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a valid comparison. Like, and and like, I don't know if they ever won this battle, but you know, reality TV editors were for a long time fighting to get credited as writers and like get writer royalties for the. Wow, I did not know that. I think that's a. I think that's a, a extremely valid perspective to take. This is like uh, Ryan was just telling us about being on Shark Tank and having, oh, yes. having it having it completely edited into something that it wasn't. <laughs> Quick microtopic interjection here. This is my plug. We didn't do plugs earlier, but I want to I want to plug Drum Pants because this is <laughs> this is a wait Drum Pants. Yeah, this is a, a you friend, heard right Drum Pants. A friend of mine that I had known since first grade and who was a high school bandmate of mine. He was going into business with another friend to make a product called Drum Pants. Which, if you need an explanation, you don't need an explanation because it's, it's it turns your pants into a drum set. And they went on Shark Tank, I found out. <laughs> I couldn't find a clip on YouTube because they're all, uh, you have to pay for like se- seasons of whatever network that was on. But uh, it's really interesting hearing about how th- they were in there for like the longest of anyone that had ever pitched anything to them that season and then they edited it down to tell such a strange narrative it was very different this is the reality tv editing thing like they 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 added all they cut things in such a way that made it look like people were really pensive or nervous about certain things that is not how they felt at that moment or whatever oh sure yeah also important to add is they got an offer on shark tank and rejected it <laughs> yeah it was incredibly they tried to make a counter offer very <laughs> it was a yeah it was a very ballsy drum pants buy buy yourself a pair if you if you if you can't figure out what stevie means by they turn your pants into a drum kit no no that business doesn't exist anymore but but dr- drumpants.com still exists. Okay. <laughs> well, there it is. And there's a button here that says buy drum pants now. <laughs> and it leads to an application a Heroku error. <laughs> so, are you going to are you going to buy that? <laughs> I, I buy the error? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do my best. Okay. Uh, are we ready for another topic? Yeah, sure. I was born ready for another topic. Uh, we're going to be reading this poem Ode on the Mammoth Cheese Weighing Over 7,000 Pounds by James McIntyre. Who would like to read this poem? So I'd like to read this because it's old-timey and it's about cheese, I'm guessing. Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. We have seen the Queen of Cheese, laying quietly at your ease, gently fanned by evening breeze, thy fair form no flies dare seize. All gaily dressed soon you'll go to the great provincial show to be admired by many a beau in the city of Toronto. Cows numerous as a swarm of bees, or as the leaves upon the trees, it did require to make thee please and stand unrivaled queen of cheese. May you not receive a scar, as we have heard that Mr. Harris intends to send you off as far as the great world's show at Paris. Of the youth, beware of these, for some of them might rudely squeeze and bite your cheek, then songs or glees. We could not sing a queen of cheese. Wert thou suspended from balloon, you'd cast a shade even even at noon. Folks would think it was the moon about to fall and crush them soon. That's the end of the poem. So, so that was written in 1884. And I just want to... 
I don't usually I don't usually like to make like aesthetic judgments here, but this uses an A A A A rhyme scheme, <laughs> like which I think is the worst rhyme scheme. Yeah, this is like this is when you. First of all, there's, there's something about this just screams like fifth grade to me. <laughs> yeah. Like okay. when I learned that poems rhyme. I mean, if he was written, like, let me do some arithmetic here. If he was born in 1827 and the poem was written in 1884, he was 57 when he wrote this. <laughs> Still in fifth grade, probably. Well, fifth decade. Was right. he in fifth grade or was he in fifth decade? Public education wasn't as Which good. Which poem famous him made when he wrote this famous when charade? When the cheese on parade. There we go, yeah. Yeah, this kind of rhyme is is so sleazy. It, it, <laughs> I love it. it. And also, like, why is there a poem about cheese? Why does this yeah, website I, have line numbers? If you, you want to quote it like the Bible. Okay, I assume this is a real giant cheese that got sent to the world's fair is this the giant cheese that got sent to the president are you a bad enough dude to save the president's cheese (laughs) the president's cheese has been kidnapped by ninjas cows numerous as a swarm of bees cows and bees are opposite size so i kind of like that line as a little poem guy What, what would that be when you say when you say like cows like bees and in your brain you think but cows are giant and bees are tiny. You mean, you know, like it's kind of an ironic yeah. s- simile or, yeah, a, or, or metaphor. Yeah, being a simile. I, I'm yeah. sure there's a name for that poetic device where you're, it's like forcing you to make a simile between two uh, disparate kinds disparate of things. Disparate things, yeah. Yeah, that can be really cool in poetry. It it's not here. This poem. It's not here, <laughs> but but I, I but I, I like, that's, that's a fun technique. <laughs> I've, I'm trying to figure out what this poem is commemorating because it's clear to me that this is a real piece of cheese. Yeah, no, there's the so there's annotations at the bottom of the poem like talking about the historical facts about these che- about this cheese. Let's see here. Uh notes. 1 is referring to line 1. We have seen the queen of cheese and the note is the cheese was made by James Harris at the Ingersoll Ingersoll factory parentheses 99. Okay, so it's it's at it's at cheese. This is the paragraph I have the most problems with. But the note says the Great World Show at Paris in eighteen eighty nine the Eiffel Tower was built for this exhibition, established in eighteen fifty one in London. So this cheese has some ties to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, so the rhyme scheme totally busts in this middle. What's the poem equivalent of a paragraph? Stanza. I wanted to say stanza, but I was gonna feel really dumb if I got that wrong. But since you said it I feel you're putting too much less, in me. <laughs> less dumb. May you not receive a scar as, end of line, we have heard that Mr. Harris. I, I read that as a slant rhyme. But no, no, I, I, I did too. But then it goes, intends to send you off as far as the Great Wolf Show at Paris. So it's like as is, as is. Seems pretty intentional to me. That's true. The fact that we're focusing on how much and how little every line rhymes makes me feel like it's a bit of a shallow poem. <laughs> Wow, this is the second giant cheese, because the one that I'm reading, uh, so I pulled up a thing about the cheese that I thought this was. Mammoth cheese? Yeah, another mammoth cheese. This is, in the summer of 1801, Elder John Leland persuaded the ladies of the Baptist congregation in in Cheshire, Massachusetts, to manufacture a quote-unquote mammoth cheese 
he intended to present it to President Thomas Jefferson in honor of his republicanism and his support for religious liberty. <laughs> but this isn't even the same mammoth cheese that this poem is about. Nothing says religious liberty like a giant, <laughs> a fucking giant cheese wheel. And it's only it's only occurring to me now that mammoth cheese refers to the size and not to the fact that it's like oh right they didn't milk mammoth milk. It, yeah, and sadly, that would not make the non-mammalian milk breaking news because mammoths are milk. Yeah, you can't mammals. get more. You can you arguably the most mammalian of all mammals is mammoths. Yeah, mammoths. You could milk those mammoths, and it would be mammalian milk. My mother milked a million mammoth, mostly male mammals, mostly male mammoths, mostly male mammoths, marginally. Men, men, menstruating. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. So this mammoth cheese was made in 1866. <laughs> it's, sec- it's the second mammoth cheese. People needed more hobbies. Yeah, yeah. If you scroll down on this page I sent, this WordPress page, which is the Ingersoll Historical Photo, photo Gallery, which is, here's a bunch of like historical records about the cheese. There's a <laughs> A photo from 1952, which has a which is a photo of a replica of the 7,000 pound cheese. <laughs> oh shit! Is this a huge ice cream tub looking fucking thing carried by like four ponies? Yes. Oh, this is like it looks like a tub of ice cream ready to be opened up by a giant and scooped for dessert. Is it is it a replica because it? Isn't isn't real cheese, or because it is cheese, but not the original Ingersoll cheese? If it was like really, if it's if it's really filled with cheese, it says made in 1866 from 35 tons of milk. I don't think they'd say that on the same label as replica. How many spiders did it take to make this thing? According to this, it took 35 tons of milk. Oh, I don't like that much existing in such yeah it's one like place. One of those things where it's for one good event. until there's too much of it. It's like um, you know the scene at the beginning of City of Lost Children where like Santa Claus comes down from the chimney and the kids like happy, and then another yes. Santa Claus comes down and the kids like doubly happy, yes. and then a third Santa Claus comes down from the chimney and the kid starts to look a little worried, and then pretty soon the yes. room is like filled with Santa Clauses and it's terrifying. Yes. <laughs> That's this. That's that's this is the milk version of that. <laughs> oh man. The before I read that this was a recreation, I was like, why are these men wearing obviously fake beards? <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine that this gets commemorated every like fifty years or something. These are really fake beards. Very good catch, Avery. They're, they got nothing on House of Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all the time we have for topic lords. Stevie, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Nope. And Avery, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Bandcamp. Avery Burke. Uh, look up my music. Or if you happen to be hiring software engineers, with front-end software engineers with full-stack proficiency, um, look me up on LinkedIn. Okay, all right. I made, I made a LinkedIn profile. I hate that I had to do that, but I, but I did it. Sometimes, you know, it takes a tough man to make a tender chicken. What? <laughs> Do you mean a tough mallet? That's gross. No, this is it's, it's a it's a it's a thing that they said to sell chicken. I'm sorry. I just I just I became like the worst um the worst possible uh uh improv partner just then. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you're supposed to yes and yeah. Me. Instead, I was like, yes, no. And what the hell did you just say? <laughs> Thanks so much for being on. Thank you, Jim. Thank I you. am glad to return to Topic Lords. I had fun. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!